Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 880 of the Juicebox podcast. Well, just like that, we're up to our sixth installment of the Type 2 Pro Tip series. Today, Jenny Smith and I are going to be speaking about technology, diabetes technology, and how I and Jenny believe it will help you immensely with prediabetes and type 2. Please remember today while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Couple quick things, CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% on everything. Clothing, bedding, towels, 35% off. CozyEarth.com with the offer code JUICEBOX. Speaking of uh, saving money, if you're looking for therapy at BetterHelp.com, you will save 10% off your first month of therapy by using my link, BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. And of course, if you have type one diabetes and are a U.S. resident, go take the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is sponsored by Dexcom. Now Dexcom makes a G6 and G7 sensor. They're both terrific. Check them out at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, continuous glucose monitoring. That's being able to see your blood sugar, like right on your phone or our receiver, the, the, the direction it's moving in, the number it is and how fast it's moving. Very, very important information. We're going to talk about it actually in this episode, not to be confused with CGM, BGM, blood glucose monitor. When you, you know, check with a blood drop on your finger. If that's what you're looking for, you want Easy to use and accurate. You want the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes to Dexcom, Cozy Earth, BetterHelp, Contour, all the sponsors. And those links also exist at juiceboxpodcast.com. Because, well, I'm not turning it off. I'm just turning the sound down because I've been, today's my birthday. So I've been getting texts all day. Happy birthday. Why do I not know that? Oh, I don't know. It's three days after my son's. <gasps> really? Yeah, Cole just turned 23. Um, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. you're 25. So um <laughs> my my stay at age always, I think, would be 37. That's what you if I say. had to pick an age, it would be 37. Do you know the about the number 37? No. What when, about it? When asked to randomly choose a number between one and 100, 37 is the number most often chosen. That's weird. Absolutely true. Wow. Huh. So it's kind of my, it would be my favorite age. I don't know. Anyway, I love that thing. I, I love that, that I don't know what yeah. they call it even. It's just so interesting. That's, um, yeah. I like little factoids. Well, like happy that. birthday. We're recording. Well, so everyone, you. you're getting Jenny on her birthday. So Aww, I'm, just, I'm assuming she's going to be all jacked up from whatever granola cake she's going to have. <laughs> to celebrate. I don't know. I asked my husband if he was going to make me a cake and he's like, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> 
That is not written on my list. That's not written on my to-do list for her birthday. <laughs> did I, you request this? I'm like, no, I didn't. My, at Christmas time, Kelly said something. I was like, did you send a link? I said, if you didn't send a link, I don't see how this is going to happen. <laughs> it's like, I right. I want to be a person who – it's a weird time, isn't it, Jenny? Where you just – you don't go shopping the same way anymore. No. You know? Not really. You used to wander around and be like, this looks nice. I bet you they'd like this, you know? and. So anyway, well, happy birthday. Well, Uh, thank you. And thank you for joining me on your birthday to talk about diabetes technology as it applies to people with type two. Yay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm going to start like this. I Googled it. I put myself in the position Ah. of people listening and I thought, okay, someone's just told me I have type two diabetes. What would I do? I, I would go to Google or your favorite search engine and I would type in type two diabetes and now we start seeing what people google type 2 diabetes symptoms diet Mm -hmm. medications treatment causes risk factors you know what i don't see in the top 10 technology nobody's looking for that idea and okay so scott will type in the word technology i'll bring it along technology for type 2 yes type 2 diabetes technology is the google okay right and we come back to you know, an NIH article that if you look at is a lot of words and probably <laughs> confusing for people. Um, mm-hmm. There's a diabetes.org, so the American Diabetes Association article, which shows me a picture of a meter and a lance. Um, mm-hmm. And then I scroll down, I see an in pen, and they talk about a smart insulin pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see another meter. And then I get to the word CGM, but I don't see an actual CGM anywhere. And then an insulin pump. At all? I don't see a photo of it, is what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, what is this page meant to do? This is a brief overview that doesn't really... I'm trying to put myself in that position again. I'm like, okay, well, here's a bunch of words I don't know. CGM, don't know what that means. Blood glucose meter, sounds scary. I don't know what I need an insulin pen for. The guy just told me I have diabetes. I probably like so I want to go over where And or things. it sounds scary because insulin well could sound like that's not what you want, yes. right? And what I it's funny we're putting together a list for a different series uh, about myths about diabetes. And over and over again people say I wish people would realize that using insulin doesn't make your body give up. And so no. I, I, so I realized that a pe- people must think that, like, oh, if I assist with insulin, then my body's going to think I don't have to do this anymore. Which, by the way, that's not how things work. But, um, no. but apparently, it's kind of colloquially how people think about it. And honestly, you're right; it is, and or that it's it's a failure, right? They've mm-hmm. clearly done something incorrect, and this is now. Gosh, I'm now on insulin, yeah. right? But honestly, to clear up. The first myth is that if you actually start to help your body by supplying some insulin, those beta cells that make it in your own pancreas are not overtaxed. Mm-hmm. And so it helps in an, in a preservation way to actually use insulin. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, again, you know, when we'll talk about medications as well, sometimes insulin might get going. And you may actually, depending on lifestyle changes and other meds that might be added as well, you may be able to come off of the insulin because now your body is at a glucose level that's 
better. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's start. Um, Let's start at the beginning because I think everyone with type two is going to get a meter shoved at them in the office. Right. They're going to give them a glucose meter. One would hope that that's what's prescribed at diagnosis. Yes. At least a glucose monitor to be able to check with a finger stick. And, you know, some of in terms of questions as well, in technology, there are glucose meters as well that you can use alternative sites. So I think that's important for people to know when they're considering this, that while they might know they have to poke their finger, let's say you don't want to do that, or you use your fingers for many other things in terms of your job, and Mm. you're worried about the impact on that. There are meters that are approved for alternate site testing. Yeah, palm? Like the, the, yep forearm, the base of the thumb, mm. all of those kinds of places can yeah. also be used. Um, so that's so, but an so it's interesting to, to talk about. So what I, I'm my daughter's had type one diabetes for so long. I've been around diabetes for so long. Like I'm trying really hard to put myself in the position of somebody who would be listening to this. And you're right. The first thing I'm going to think is I don't want to poke a hole in my finger and make it bleed. Right. Right. Um, and then The next thing I'm going to do if I do that is I'm going to start having that realization of like, well, okay, well, I tested my blood sugar at 8 a.m. and I tested it again at noon. Now I just know what my blood sugar was at 8 a.m. and noon. And what do I do with that information? Correct. Yes. And so that's where, as you said, well, somebody in the office, they're diagnosed with type 2. They're going to get a prescription for a glucose meter of some type. Um, An important thing to know is sometimes the that brand might need to be adjusted and something new might need to be prescribed based on what your insurance may or may not cover. Mm -hmm. Um, But along with that, the doctor might also give you some information about what glucose targets to aim for. When you check your blood sugar, we're looking for numbers between this number on the low end and this number on the high end. So you go home and like you said, you check your blood sugar at breakfast, you check it again at lunchtime, you're like, great. It's in this range that the doctor told me. So is it always going to be in that range? Mm -hmm. Because whenever I check it at breakfast, it always looks like it's somewhere in here. And when I check at lunchtime, hmm, some days it is and some days it's not. But what does that mean? Yeah. and What What do I do with this? (laughs) When what you don't know is what's happening in between those times too. What happens between those in those four hours? Is your blood sugar staying reasonably stable? Is it shooting way up? Are you using a medication and it's going too yes. low? Like these are the things you you need to know. So, okay, I have a meter. I need to know what I need to know. The I think the problem is going to be is the doctor is going to tell you to test it a certain couple of times and that's going to be it. So I think it would be important for people to know why they're testing. It's not just to come up with a number to show somebody. You're trying no. to see, starting with food, you're trying to see what impact does this food have on my body, right? Yes. And so maybe you're beginning with no medications at all. You're not even on metformin Mm -hmm. yet. Who knows? Doctor says you have Uh, pre-diabetes. Here's a meter. Okay, well, I might learn that eggs and bacon don't seem to move my blood sugar very far, but pancakes do. Right. Or pancakes by themselves move at one, but... It's weird when I put the bacon with the pancakes, it seems to it's different. last longer. It's different. Mm-hmm. My high blood sugar lasts longer for some reason. So the gold standard here would be pairing your meter with a continuous glucose monitor. So that's jargon for people who don't know, but it's a wearable device that will show you your blood sugar in real time on a receiver or your smartphone. Not, yes. not just the number, but the speed and direction that the blood sugar is moving. 
Correct. Absolutely. And so that in terms of coverage for someone with type 2 is something that needs to be evaluated, Mm -hmm. right? Because depending on what kind of medication you're using, what kind of insurance plan you have, um, many times sensors are covered under two different options, either durable medical equipment, or for some people, they may have what's called pharmacy benefit. So it may depend, and you may have to look into your insurance plan and see what they cover for you. And if in fact it's coverable, I would absolutely get your hands on a continuous glucose monitor. Mm. No, I I think that I I can't say enough about what that information brings you because, you know, it's charting your glucose constantly. And if you, you know, think about one fixed, if you, I don't know, if you just, you know, draw a timeline out in your head on the left is midnight and on the right is midnight again, we put 24 hours in between. I could test my blood sugar a couple of times along the day and have a couple of data points. But what if you had data points every five minutes for 24 hours? When you connect them, what you get is a graph and you get to see rises and falls and and the harshness of and what do i mean by harshness <clears throat> does my blood sugar shoot straight up when i eat yes does it rise slowly and this information you're hearing it right now and you're thinking i don't know why i need this jenny and i are telling you it's going to help you so much whether you have a dexcom or not you still want and need an accurate, easy to use blood glucose meter. You're looking for the contour line of blood glucose meters. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Head over there, check out the Contour Next Gen, the Contour Next One, the test strip program they have. My gosh, it may be cheaper for you to buy this stuff in cash than it is for you to buy the meter you have now through your insurance and the meter you have now probably doesn't work half as good as the contours. It it really is. It's just worth checking out contournext.com forward slash juice box. My daughter loves these meters. I love them. Easy to hold, easy to see great screens, great lighting, second chance test strips. You cannot go wrong. Super accurate contournext.com forward slash juice box. All right. You've got a great meter. Now, you want a great continuous glucose monitor, a CGM, the Dexcom G7. My daughter's wearing one right this second. I'm actually texting with her right now about it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. So tiny, easy to put on. Uh, She inserted her first G7 uh, when I was with her last week. And um, she goes, that it? And I said, yep. She goes, it's on? And I said, "Uh uh-huh. She goes, I didn't feel it. Just like that. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And now guess what? Arden can see her blood sugars in real time. You can do that too. The speed and direction. You understand what I mean? Not just is my blood sugar 85, is it 120, but is it rising? Is it falling? And if so, how quickly? These are important, important distinctions. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now. Like, say you're listening to an uh, Apple podcast. There's a link in there. Uh, Amazon Music, link. Uh, what's the other one? Spotify, link. Anywhere. Links, links, links. Click on them. Support the podcast and get yourself some great gear at the same time. And if you can't or you're not listening in a podcast app, juiceboxpodcast.com. You'll find the links there as well. To Contour, Dexcom, 
Cozy Earth, where you'll get 35% off of everything that's on their website. Oh, gosh. BetterHelp.com, 10% off your first week of therapy at BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. You need the forward slash juice box to get the 10% off. It's all right there. All right. Thank you very much. Let's get back to the show. You're right. Just, and if, you know, if your if your desire is to do as much lifestyle change as you can, right? Like you've told the doc, no, I don't want to take any medications. Okay. Then get information to show what lifestyle changes you're putting effort into because mm-hmm. it is effort. You're trying to make a change, a habit that you've not had before right. stick. So if you can go back to the doctor and prove and say, well, if I do this and I do this, look at look at the results that I can achieve, right? I can do this. The other thing that it also is helpful in is if you've done all of this lifestyle shift and it's worked for two years or four years or five years, and now your numbers are looking different and you haven't changed anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, you find that you're actually working harder because you started to notice things were shifting and you didn't know why. So you're like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit more of this. or I'm going to cut a little bit more of this out and it's not working. That's your first insight to then go back to your provider and say, okay, you were talking about this years ago or a couple months ago. I've put all my effort in and I don't know what to change anymore. I'm eating lettuce and I still am sitting at a high blood sugar. So clearly the technology can show you more information Mm -hmm. and help you to be the one to then go to your providers with that. It also occurs to me that you could make big changes for yourself. And I mean, it sucks to say, but you could be eating a, a food, for an example, that you really believe is the right thing. And maybe it's not. And then you go back to the doctor and say, hey, listen, I've really improved my diet and I don't have any change. The doctor believes you. Well, you did improve your diet and they keep thinking it through. Meanwhile, you chose, I don't know, you thought mashed potatoes were a vegetable and you're like, you're like, I don't know. I'm eating so many vegetables now. And if you had a if you were testing your blood sugar, if you had a glucose monitor, you would see, even though I think this is something this is still impacting me harshly. And yes. and I and then you would know to eliminate that thing or you know cut you, back. Cut back. You or, would also mm-hmm. see how uh, exercise would help your blood sugar. Um, yes. You know, and and maybe even that. Like think about putting a bunch of effort into something, and you're still expending the effort, but you're m- putting the effort in the wrong direction. That's so right. You don't want to do that. It's so frustrating. You know, it is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and you know, in all of the technology, I think, and I've said before. If somebody was going to take technology away from me, I I would not let somebody take my continuous monitor. Mm, yeah, sure. I would not very happily give up my pump, but I, I would give it up before I would give up my continuous monitor. Mm-hmm. I and, would. And-, and I think for some some people, maybe it's not in the mix. So then what do they do with the numbers that are just coming from a glucose meter? Mm-hmm. Years ago, um, the AccuCheck... Um, meters used to come with sort of a plan of action specifically in type two education. And we called it testing in pairs. 
And so if you can test around a meal, as we're talking about mashed potatoes, right? This is your vegetable of choice that you're like, okay, I'm eating more vegetables. Let's see what that's doing. If you test before the meal and you test about an hour to two hours after the meal, that paired testing gives you a visual of where was I and what effect did this meal have? So even if you don't have or can't for some reason get a continuous monitor, you can use your glucose testing supplies more accurately to get information. And you may, maybe you only get two test strips a day. Maybe you do testing in pairs at breakfast and the next time you do it at lunch and the next day you do it around dinner time and you get a rotation over two weeks. Again, you've at least got more information for you to use and for you to go back to your you know, physician with and say, I do really well at these points, but this part of the day, I can't, I can't do anything the right way or I can't figure it out. Right. right? It, visually, it's just, it's going to feel like a lot. Like something happened, first of all, something happened to you. You have a an illness that you're now dealing with. It's not something you expected or want, and it's extra effort. And then what what I love about having the data in front of me is that it's very visual. You mm-hmm. don't really need to understand everything to look at a midline and go, okay, well, this is where I'm shooting for, and here's where I am. Right. And here's and I ate here. Wow, I ate at nine and at 10 o'clock my blood sugar was high and it stayed high for yep. two hours before it came down. That's easy to interpret, you know, yes. for anybody. You don't even need to understand the who's and the why's to see right. this is what's going on. Correct. Um, uh, companies that make these things, Dexcom uh, makes uh, the G7. Libre will make, at this point, the Libre 3. It's uh, Abbott. Yeah. yeah Abbott from, makes the Libre. From, and that's from Abbott. And then there's a Medtronic sensor. Do they sell it separate of their they do. system? Okay. Yep. You All can right. get just their sensor system. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you... There's one more you missed. Sensonic? Yeah, Sensionic, yeah. It's it's implantable. Eversense, yes. Eversense Mm -hmm. makes it, right. And that's they actually implant something under your skin and you hold a reader up to it? You do. So theirs is an implantable. um, It's tiny, tiny, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and it gets implanted in a doctor's visit. So it's not something you do in your own home. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then there's a little um, device, if you will, that pops on top of the patch um, on your arm that goes over the area where the sensor is implanted Mm -hmm. in your skin. And then the app, they do have an app and it allows you to see all of the continuous data, um, in that as well. And how so, long do you wear it for? Six months? Something? I don't know. I think the, I believe the newest one is six months. It, it used to only be three months. It used to be 90 days. Okay. Um, I believe the newest is six months. Um, and I had, I had somebody who loved it. Yeah. He, the only reason he changed to, to using Dexcom was because the change in his pump technology required use of only Dexcom. So. Yeah. And ev- it's ever since, but I think Asensia owns it. That's some backroom stuff, but I think the people who make the contour next one blood glucose meter actually purchase the small company. I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Here, this is amazing. It's a phone call I've been waiting for for three days. It comes now. Great. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. that's not a good thing. No, no, no. We'll get it later. I'll call back. But um, yeah, okay. So the point is there, there are things that are called continuous glucose monitors. You'll hear yes. people say CGM. 
And yes. these things are giving you, like we're saying, the data all the time. There's also a BGM or a blood glucose meter, which is the yes. finger stick. And I know that all sounds, you know, it's it, it confusing. In the end, you can't have, I don't think you can have too much data and access to seeing it. Like you'll figure out what Correct. parts of it you need eventually. But just going in blindly, like, well, I changed my thing. And then they they checked my A1C in a few months and it didn't go up or didn't go down. Like that doesn't tell you much. It doesn't. Yeah. I think the other thing with all of that information is that for, for someone to start to understand, you have to also know that the variables that life puts in to your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. are a piece of that glucose graph that you're looking at, right? right? Um, and unless somebody really gets some good information about what they're looking at, sometimes that CGM data can become frustrating, mm -hmm. right? If they have nobody to go back to and ask about how to read it or what does it mean when this happens, um, and that's where education is. It's definitely a second piece yeah. no. to the it, information. Right, because you, you see the the rise in your glucose. And if you really don't know, you don't know. It just, right. you know, I you could have eaten a meal where you had three items on your plate and two of them have nothing to do with it. The third one you don't think of as being impactful, but it is. Sometimes the right. mix of foods you know, um, impacts differently. So yeah, you have to be able to, and that, and that's another great thing that this data does, especially with a CGM where you can say, Hey, look, this is what happened. I ate this, this, and this here, and this happened. Can you tell me why that might've happened? Or do right. I need a medication? Like, is it, is my body just not going to handle this? I've, I've, like you said, I'm down to salad lady, <laughs> you, right. you know, like, right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I eat a cucumber. My blood sugar went up. I need help. You know, I need, right. Yeah. And that's also going to be a good way to tell you, like, do I need insulin? Do I need one of these injectables? Things we're going to talk mm -hmm. about in other episodes. Mm -hmm. If you do end up using insulin, am I going to use it? Am I going to inject it with a syringe? Am I going to get an insulin pen? Am I going to get a an insulin pump? You know, right. and, and, and I would assume with type two, that has a lot to do with lifestyle and the, and the, the impact that your, that your diabetes is having on your blood sugars. Or no, I mean, if you have very, I mean, if your A1C is like a six and a half, mm -hmm. can you still wear an insulin pump? Could you? Sure, you could. Mm -hmm. But the biggest evaluation is that if you're keeping a 6.5 right now with effort on your part in lifestyle and medication that you're using, it's very unlikely that you're going to get prescribed and may not even get covered. Insurance. Yeah. by insurance because of where you are. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing, right? right? I mean, no, you're no, doing sure. a really lovely job and great. Right now, you don't need insulin. At some point, if you do and you've been doing everything you can and your glucose continues to creep up and the A1C keeps creeping up, at that point, could insulin be being considered? Certainly. And if the variables in your life dictate, you would do better with a continuous insulin infusion. Mm -hmm then yes, an insulin pump could be considered. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it certainly allows a lot more flexibility in terms of dosage and the decrease in the amount of 
stuff in a way that you have to carry around. You don't have to keep, you know, insulin vials or insulin pens with you or syringes around with you. Right. The pump is connected to you. So hopefully you don't forget when you walk out the door. <laughs> well, it, it, it just seems that with the feedback I'm hearing and conversations I have with people that, you know, there's a hesitancy to bring things into your life, whether they're mm-hmm. technology or insulin. Um, and, and I understand that. Like, I get the idea of like, I don't want to do this or right. I don't understand what this is. But and then there's that leap, right? When you you get to the doctor's office and maybe the doctor's office doesn't understand that well either. We talk about this a lot with type one, you know, that you can go to the doctor and I mean, how how is it put most kind of generally speaking, if you have type one diabetes for six months, you likely know as much about it as your doctor does. If you had it for a year and a half, you now could probably go teach a class somewhere and the doctor would be like, wow, that's interesting. You know, and so having it is the best teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. But what happens when you have type two and you left the office and the guy didn't even give you a meter? Right. You know, and wouldn't. And if you said to him, I'd like to have a continuous glucose monitor there, you don't need that. Or right. your insurance isn't going to cover that or, or right. whatever the, 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 and then that's the thing you remember forever. Right. And, and, you know. And so you may need to, as we've talked already, you may need to be your best advocate. Mm. You may need to be the one that you do the research. Okay. You've gotten this new diagnosis, this new condition that will be there 24 seven and you need to learn more about sometimes some of the best places to learn are going to be asking your questions and doing your own research. And even if you don't understand then, at least you have more information to go back to your doctor and say, but I read this and you didn't tell me about this, or I read about this and this looks like it would fit with my lifestyle. Hey, do you think I could give this a try? Um, And if you don't feel like you're, if you're seeing a general, you know, medical practitioner or just a a PCP, um, don't expect that they're going to be an expert in type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you're just getting the baseline, but you have much more in-depth questions about things, there's no reason that you couldn't request even one consultation with an endocrine doctor. Yeah. I'm passionate about it because there's a person in my life that I want want for them to wear a CGM. Mm -hmm. I think it would greatly improve their situation. And this person generally speaking, listens to me. I'm a trusted person in their life. Plus all of this on top of it, sure. I can't get them to do it. Yeah. You know, and I, I even said, I was like, just, I think back to, I was like, just grab a Libre for cash. It won't even be very much. And and right. just wear it for 10 days. And and I think you're going to see. I will. I'll talk to my doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, know. you know, Outside of this person, um, that does bring up something I think that's important to understand too. Let's say you have a physician who is willing to write you a prescription for a continuous glucose monitor, Mm -hmm. but your insurance is not covering it, right? And maybe there's red tape and stuff that you have to kind of navigate yourself through in order to get one, but you want it now, right? You know that it's important for you to learn from. You can... It would be out of pocket. So again, you'd have to have the means to be able to buy it yourself. But Costco, if you have one of those um, and it has a pharmacy, you can have your doctor write a script that goes right into Costco's pharmacy and you can actually pay out of pocket without it going through insurance at Costco. Mm -hmm. 
So those are options that, again, you're paying yourself out of your own wallet. But in the meantime, what are you learning from that if you've got the means to do that? Right. A couple hundred dollars. And, right. and now you have enough data to eat, also to take that data back to the doctor and go, hey, chucklehead. <laughs> Look what I learned. Yeah, I yes. figured something out I wasn't going to figure out without you. Now, right. come on. Talk right. to my insurance company. Show them this. Like, And there are, listen, it's a rabbit hole about insurance, right? But, it is. But insurance companies are set up to say no. <laughs> and then it doesn't mean that's the answer. You have to prove your case. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it, it just, I mean, it's tough because- one of these CGM companies is a sponsor of the show. So I, I I would understand if somebody was like, yeah, this guy's trying to sell a CGM. I, I would just tell you this. Like, don't get a Dexcom. Fine. Go get a Libre. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you have this. like Information. If, if you, if all things being equal, I'd take a Dexcom over a Libre. That's fine. That's me. You know? Right. Right. But just get the information any way you can. I, right. I can't, I can't. I just can't stress it enough. Like a meter is going to be like turning on the first, I don't know, the first click of a, of a four-step light bulb. You're like, all right, well, the room's a little brighter. But you get to that CGM. The light's all the way up. Every There's no shadows. Nothing can hide. And you know what's going on now. And then you can make a decision. You know, Absolutely. I mean, when I, when I first started using a CGM, thankfully... I had really good insurance up to that point, and my doctor had written a script for test strips for my blood glucose meter for up to 15 times a day. And I was checking 12 to 15 times a day yeah. because I wanted all of the in-between data, but I was still missing so many data points. I mean, without a CGM and using insulin, which some people with type 2 will use insulin, so you can take a fear factor out of the picture if you have the ability to see what's going on. And prior to my CGM, I had an alarm set for two o'clock every morning. Yeah. I got, I got up, I checked my blood sugar. If it was in a place that was okay, I went back to sleep. And if not, or it was lower than where I went to bed, I was eating something, mm-hmm. right? So now with a CGM, I was like, oh my gosh, I can turn these alarms off. It was lovely. But again, somebody with type 2, maybe you are using insulin or you're using some of the meds that can create hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. A CGM would be a huge benefit. So that's sort of a backdoor into getting one if your insurance company is being tough. If the, if the doctor puts you on the medication, you can say, well, I'm scared of hypoglycemia, so yep. I need a CGM because a, right. a beater won't help me at two o'clock in the morning when I'm asleep. You, Correct. You have to, that's what I'm saying about the insurance. Like you have to just kind of thoughtfully work your way through it sometimes. You do. Um, yeah. But- and they're letters of medical necessity, essentially, or statements of medical necessity that mm-hmm. a, a good doctor will be very happy to write for you to further the potential that an insurance company is going to look at and say, okay, I see these checkpoints, hypoglycemia risk, medications that could you know, cause hypoglycemia or job risk, right? Where you actually really are more risk of hypos or they may be pieces that your doctor adds to the letter in order to get you coverage. Yeah. And, and there's a way, there's a way to get covered without, you know, I'm not even saying, I'm not saying like fudge the truth. Like there's, no. there's real reasons for it. Get like yes. a ton of them. 
I, I, you know, you said earlier, find people like do your own research. I'm going to put a plug in here for the Facebook group for the podcast. So yeah, it's called juice box podcast type one diabetes. But the truth is there's a lot of type twos in there as well. It's, it's basically people who have diabetes and Mm -hmm. I would, it's funny. Here's a little back room. I would change the name, but people with type one are more, um, they're, they're, they generally speaking seem to be more um, involved in their own advocacy. And yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to draw people to the page. And if I put the word diabetes in it and I don't say type one or I say type one and type two, you'd be surprised. Like, I, I mean, even this series, Jenny, like to be completely honest, I'm making it hoping that people with type one diabetes who have family members or loved ones with type two will say, Hey, this podcast has helped me with type one. And now they have some information about type two. You should check it out. Um, And so, but go there. If you have a question about a CGM or a meter or, you know, how a food's hitting, no one's going to know better than a person with type one diabetes. Like if you have type two, I mean, honestly, right. If you have type two, either you're making insulin and it's not being used correctly. Right. And, or sometimes you have a, uh, also a decrease in insulin production. Yep. Like the, this is happening. A person with type one diabetes just is not making any insulin. There's none. Right. You you know, if you think I couldn't believe when I ate an avocado, I have type two diabetes that my blood sugar went to 140 for two hours. It just, if a person with type one diabetes ate an avocado without insulin, their blood sugar would be like, you know, 400 to five. Higher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Higher. And so these people really understand how does food impact me? How do the medications impact me? Like, how does insulin work? This is these are people's minds. You could you could pick their brains and and really come away with something. And I would also say, in terms of talking a lot around the coverage piece of this technology, um, <clears throat> I think people with type one have also really learned a lot about advocating within insurance companies mm-hmm. and advocating with their practitioners to get things covered the right way. They know who to ask to speak with when they do call their insurance company. Who are who can I speak to? This is the person to, to ask to talk to, not the general person who answers the phone, right? You need somebody higher up. You need somebody who's going to listen, who's going to actually see, oh, I see you sent a letter in two months ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it's sitting on a desk someplace. So. There's, a, there's a person in my group who helps people all the time and she writes letters to insurance companies that the insurance company, she's so good at it. They just read it and they go, yeah, she checked all the boxes. Needs- we can't argue oh, with this. That's very, awesome. Very, very good at it. Very good at it. Uh, and so, cool. and that's it's Jenny's point is that, you know, you don't know. I, you know, I used to, I say, I used to say this all the time about type one diabetes, like instead of suffering and saying, well, I don't know how to do this or my doctor didn't help me. Go find someone who knows how and look at them right. and think, what are they doing? Like, like right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy them. You, you right. know, like if they're having success, let me figure out what they know that I don't know. And and type two, look, I know a lot of people with type two diabetes, and I wouldn't think I'm gonna trying to be fair, but I think if we collected them all in a room and asked them a bunch of questions about their type two diabetes and how to take care of it, you'd be surprised at how little they know about it. And how little and also I think how different the thoughts about navigating and managing are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, listen, I have a I have a, a a family member who passed away the other day at and at 65 years old. And you're gonna 
all you want, you can say, well, he had this problem, he had that problem, he had this problem. What he had was type 2 diabetes. What I don't <laughs> know what, it'll end up, what they'll end up saying got him, but his blood sugar has been elevated for 25 years. Right. That's why he died when he was 65. And they mm-hmm. might end up saying it was an infection or he, I don't know. I haven't heard about, he had a heart attack. Or a heart attack, attack or, right. 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 No, the, he, he died because his blood sugar was elevated for a long amount of time. And right. so this is why I'm talking to you all about it, because it seems like every third person I bump into says they have diabetes. And then I watch them a little bit and I'm like, uh, they don't act like they have it, you know? And, right. and, I, and then I talk to them and I realize like, they don't know what to do. Right. You know? Every time, yeah. like everyone's, listen, some people, I, I talked to a gentleman recently. He was just very, I, I I think I told you this privately. I don't think I said this on the podcast, but I said, uh, you know, what happened? He said, oh, they gave me an injectable medication. And I said, how did it work? He goes, oh, we're great. And I was like, oh, good. He goes, I stopped taking. I oh, like, yes, oh. you did. I do remember. <laughs> and I'm like, what now? And, 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 and he goes, yeah, he's like, I, I made my hunger go away. I lost 25 pounds, he says, but my right. hunger went away. And I was like, so now I'm just, I'm standing there. I'm, I I interview people with diabetes for a living. I don't know what my next question is. Like, what am I supposed to say next? And I went, right. why did you stop? I, and I think I remember you saying that he was, he was used to be, used to being seen as the bigger, like, he was like a big guy, yeah, right? Like yeah. he's the big guy and like everybody saw him as like this strength, right? And I like to eat. And I was mm-hmm. like, fair enough. He said it. And I was like, fair enough. And and so it and but yeah. my brain couldn't process any of it. I was like, I don't understand. But I but what I recognized when I walked away is I bet you a lot of people feel this way. Like, like I don't you know what I mean? Like Right. Or they think that it was similar to all the quote unquote diets, mm-hmm. right? And the reason that diets don't work is because you you make the changes. Let's say you really study it. You do it like this gentleman. He took the medication. It worked. I yeah. mean, it worked like it was supposed to work. And mm-hmm. he lost weight, a fair amount of weight. And then you're like, well, it worked. Okay, great. I can just, over I can now. stop it now. It's over. It fixed me. But fix isn't the right thing. When mm-hmm. you have diabetes, you have to continually navigate choices and management and strategies and you you may need different medications at different times different technology at different times but it will it will always be something there in the picture for you to consider Mm -hmm. it it makes me what you just said makes me think of if you ask any doctor what's the biggest problem when you put somebody on uh, an antidepressant when it works for them the biggest problem is they're depressed you give them the medication one day they're not depressed any longer and the first decision they make is well i'm not depressed i don't need the antidepressant medication anymore and they stop taking it and then sometimes the depression comes back and right. and it's just it it made me feel like that when you were talking about that like he's like i have diabetes yeah. the doctor said this is not a person who's this is not a person who said to themselves like i need to do something a doctor told him he needed to do something. Right. And so he did the thing he was told to do. And then he got to a point where he's like, hi, I lost 25 pounds. But I right. really would like to eat more. So I'm going to stop taking this now. And, right. and the 25 pounds will come back, by the way, for reasons he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand about insulin resistance and his body's pumping out insulin like a fire hydrant, but it's not working. And so he's storing more fat and like, you know, he right. doesn't know that it's, stuff. No, not at all. And at some point, you know, many of these injectable meds also have other 
beneficial pieces to them, which we'll talk about when we do the medications. But he was not only getting the benefit of weight loss, but that weight loss on the rest of his body and the long-term effect that that has and all the other organs in the body that could be impacted, he may have, had he continued taking it, decreased or maybe eliminated the need for insulin someday. Yeah, he could have right? gotten back to a, a different place. And, and there Correct. was part of me that thought, I didn't say this because it felt like it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was the right thing to say. Right. But there was part of me that wanted to go, let me just, let, let's skip over what what makes sense here and just right. go to what he wants. Like, let's just treat him like a person who's like, look, I don't care. This is what I want right. to do. I thought, get an insulin pump. If you're going to eat, at least cover it. With insulin, like so that you're not, you know, because it's more precise. Yeah, absolutely, it's more precise. Absolutely, and so if I mean, and those are those are the big discussions that a practitioner, then a clinician, then has to have that stepped up conversation. Okay, you had this result, you had this benefit, it was working. You don't want to do this anymore. You tell me you want to eat. Okay, the best way to cover the food then is your blood sugars are going up. No other medication is really going to hit as well to cover what you lifestyle-wise are choosing to do. So now we have to add insulin. Yeah. There's a – the part that I think gets lost is that a lot of times, you know, a doctor is going to tell you, like, well, here are the steps. You do these steps, this will work. But it doesn't take into account the human part of it, the willingness, the desire, the understanding. Like, all that's – it doesn't matter. And and so if – So if I am a person who finds myself in this situation, but I've been eating, I don't know, like, like a sweet every day with my lunch, I might go, well, I'm not that sick and I'm okay being 25 pounds heavier. I want to have whatever this is at lunchtime. And it's just, I don't know, like this is not as easy of a situation as get the right technology and it'll just work, but you'll be shocked at how much better things will be with the right technology. Right. And I think as you bring it in, in terms of the consideration of this friend of yours is the fact that I'm assuming he was not using a continuous glucose monitor and maybe wasn't even doing finger sticks often enough to make any kind of information or informed decision about what his changes were doing. Had he at least been using finger sticks, you know, testing in pairs or a continuous monitor, he could have seen the very big shift in use of this medication to non-use of it. And okay, I can eat more again, but look at what the difference in my blood sugar, look at this difference. And the aha moment that a lot of people are going to get out of it. Like really, yeah. I, I don't have diabetes. I've worn a Dexcom. I, mm-hmm. There are things that I was like, well, I'm not going to eat that anymore. You, you know, like like that. I don't like the way that. Or I'm going to take a bite yeah. and that's going to be my taste. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I can have eight. Like I'll tell you, I, during wearing a glucose monitor, I eat a slice of pizza, no diabetes. My blood sugar doesn't change. And I'm like, I wonder how much of this pizza I'd have to gorge on. Right. But I found the number and it was like three slices. And then my blood sugar went into the 160s and sat there for a long time. Yeah, all and, the fat. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, goodness. Like, uh, okay. So so uh, your experience is what? Uh, you can do this much, I but I shouldn't ever slice, do this. I could have had two slices without it hitting me. Three slices was it. And so like that's – listen, forget the 
how many slices of pizza is it's the information forget that it's pizza like maybe you'll say like hey a handful of grapes i'm okay a right. bowl full of grapes, I'm in trouble. You, you know? But for a gentleman like your friend, that information would have been able to show him, hey, I really like the food that I like to eat, and I haven't had an appetite for it, but now that my appetite is back, I can eat this much of my favorite, Yeah. But and I eat this much, it doesn't work out so well. So for him, bringing in a little bit of change, but not major shift in what he was choosing in terms of his preferences may have been the big thing that helped. Yeah. I also think that it, it, it shines a light on p- what's possible. And I do think that a lot of people could get stuck in the feeling of like, this is my lot in life. Like I'm not getting out of this and, and it doesn't matter what I do. It's not going to work. I mean, colloquially in the South, right? Like people say like, oh, I have the sugars. Like it's that, it's, it's that common. Like, oh, does she have or the sugar? Sh- sugar, sugar diabetes. Right, I hear right, that yeah, a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and it, and it's almost like they think it's a, like, it's a family thing they were going to get. Like, it's like, it's like a, it's like an old sofa being passed down to them. Like, oh, it's finally my turn to have the sugars. And, and right. what am I going to do? Killed my, uh, my grandmother and it killed this lady and my aunt's gone. And like, it's going to, I guess it's here for me. And then you just sort of go with it, you know? And sometimes that's an association too with what they saw them doing in terms of the medication. Mm-hmm. That the lifestyle pieces weren't considered as what was creating a bigger piece it was once grandma was started on insulin, yes. she had her legs amputated or she started on dialysis or she had a heart attack or she had her vision, you know, go down considerably. So it's the insulin's fault. Mm. And so then there's a fear piece in, oh my gosh, my doctor is now telling me I have to use insulin. That right. means that all of these things are going to happen just like they happened to grandma. And that's, it's an unfortunate entire myth. Right. Right. It, it it's, it's just, it, it's exactly right. It's people see it happen in that order and they assume instead of saying, which would listen, which would be the common sense thing is that my grandmother has not been doing anything for her diabetes for 40 years. It's gotten so bad now. She's in a doctor's office being told, take this insulin because we don't know what else to do for you. And then, right. and then five seconds later, her head pops off and you go, oh, her head popped off because she used insulin. That's not why. It's, it's, it That's not why. Might be yeah. because- 40 years ago, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. Or maybe somebody could have just given her insulin 40 years ago and she would have been okay. Like, right. You know. And another one too, oftentimes when insulin is initiated, another piece that with higher blood sugars for a sustained time, somebody might have had some shifts that were slow in progressing, especially in their vision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when insulin gets added and you have a very quick shift in response in the body and your glucose level starts to come down again a negative might be that your vision changes severely yeah and you think well oh, again here it's the insulin i started taking insulin now i can't see anymore my mm-hmm. glasses don't work and right it's not really the insulin's fault yeah. it's now your blood sugars are where they were supposed to be but they were corrected too quickly and now we I have know. a shift in this look i'm yeah. i'm just going to say this at the end i you you said something earlier that freaked me out. You're like, what if their prescription only gives them two test strips for their blood glucose meter a day? And I'm like, oh, God, that could happen, couldn't it? And then I'm like, okay, so you do the two thing to try to give yourself a little point A, point B. But I right. was thinking, even with a meter, like, just go crazy for a couple of days and test once an hour. 
and and use 50 strips up in two days. But then you can actually, I did this with a lady with type one once. She couldn't afford a CGM. So fine. But she didn't want to like give up. So I had her do the thing. I said, draw a timeline out 24 hours, test yourself every hour, and then mm -hmm. just sort of take the dots and connect them a little bit. And at least you'll get a feeling of a graph, right? A little bit like I was, and sure, yeah. there's going to be gaps and we won't know if you dropped quickly or rose quickly and we didn't see it, but it'll give you, and it actually helped her. Sure. You know? And and as long as she was doing the majority of her typical things in the day, co most common meals, right. her coffee every 9 a.m., the drive into work, which was an hour in horrible bumper to bumper traffic. If all of those were the standard of her day, then her 24 or 48 hours of finger sticks was very worthwhile. Yeah. And and, and maybe it caught, I don't know, maybe you go to the pharmacy and it costs you 50 bucks. It's just, I can't tell you. I, 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 listen, I don't want to be like ham fisted, but dead people don't have 50 bucks. So it doesn't matter. Like, so if you can scrape it together, s save yourself, you know, if right. you can pull a couple hundred bucks together and grab a CGM and wear it for 10 days, it, it sucks and all. And I'm not saying $200 isn't a lot of money. I'm saying again, you know, what you may learn from it could help you it's just, so much farther into the future. It's, you want to know the way I think about it? Is that when I was raising my kids and people would give them a, a birthday card and, mm -hmm. and they'd put money in it, $25, like, you know, I, some people were like, you take that from them, tell them to put it in the bank so they can see what it is to save it. And what I thought was, well, I'm going to tell them that's important, but I want to let them use the money because the feeling that comes from wasting $100, you don't forget that. You don't forget, I had $100. And now every day I walk past this thing on a shelf in my room that I don't touch. And that's the $100 right there. Like that shows you value. Sometimes my point is, is that there's <laughs> value beyond the money. Do, do right. you know what I mean? Like, and both of my kids now are like, you take them shopping and they pick, like I've seen Arden all the time. She picks up three pieces of clothing. She's like, I like these three. And then she puts two of them back. Yes. Or my son's moved out on his own now. I, I made a budget that. I'm being careful about this. I'm doing that because one day he had 50 bucks when he was eight years old and then he suddenly didn't have it anymore. And that $50 was worth a lot more than $50. It, yeah. it informs a lifetime of decisions. I'm telling you, scrape the money together, beg, borrow, steal, throw a CGM on for a couple of days and man, it'll just, it'll, it'll put you into a different level of understanding all this. So yeah. anyway, did Absolutely. we miss any technology? I don't think, I think it, because we're going to talk about medications we at some point, I think that, yeah, I think there's yeah. technology within the insulin realm. Mm -hmm. um, I assume we'll just talk about it then. Yeah. I think I'm going to start saying at the end of every one of these episodes, know what your blood sugar is and know what's impacting it. And yes. that's where you're going to make great decisions. Okay. Jenny, thank you very awesome. much. Happy birthday yes. again. Thank you. You're welcome. Huge thanks to Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Check out the Dexcom G7 or the Dexcom G6. And of course, contournext.com forward slash juicebox, where you're going to find the entire line of contour products. Betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox, 10% off your first month of therapy. Use the offer code juicebox at checkout at CozyEarth.com to save 35% site-wide. 
Support the podcast by supporting the sponsors. There's links in your show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're enjoying this type 2 diabetes pro tip series, please share it with someone who you think might also enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.